This Halloween, you can't escape the shock, the terror of Werewolf by Night. Tonight, it is every hunter for themselves. Good luck. I'll be rotting for you. But one of you is a monster masquerading as one of our own. I can't wait to find out what breed of evil you are. Please don't do this. Death is coming for you! Werewolf by Night. Hello, dreadful listeners, and welcome to another spine-chilling episode of FW Presents, the Anything Goes Anthology show of the Fire and Water Podcast Network. I am your horrifying host, Ryan Daly, and joining me this episode are three spectacular special guests. First and second, it's that macabre married couple from the Supermates podcast, where they spend September and October talking about their favorite horror movies and comics over at the House of Franklin Stein. It's our lovely friends, Cindy and Chris Franklin. Welcome, you two. And thank you so much for listing me first. You know how it rolls. Good job. (laughs) There. There, Wolf. Sorry, I just had to do that. Sorry. Oh, that's good. That was good. And rounding out our virtual roundtable, he never appeared as a guest on my DC Horror Comics podcast, Midnight the Podcasting Hour, but I think he was the second biggest contributor to the show because his music was all over that show for 31 episodes. And music composers will be apropos to our discussion tonight. Please welcome the king of Halloween, my brother, Neil Daly. What's up, Neil? (laughs) What's up, guys? Thanks for having me on here. And I appreciate you calling my title out appropriately, because if you didn't, I was going to make you refer to me that way. (laughs) Oh, there you go. (laughs) Go on YouTube, find his rap song. (laughs) His rap video, king of Halloween. Okay, folks, we are here to discuss Marvel's special presentation of Werewolf by Night, a brand new one-hour-long horror movie streaming now on Disney+. Plus. This new special will only be a few days or nights old at the time that this episode comes out, so it's very possible you have not watched Werewolf by Night yet. If that is the case, stop listening to this podcast and watch the movie right now. It's only an hour long. Then you can come back and listen to our discussion. But for those of you who want a non-spoiler review before watching the movie, we're going to do that first. We'll each share our overall big picture feelings about Werewolf by Night, would we recommend it, etc. You can get our impressions and see if that informs your decision to watch the movie or not. After that, we'll give people a chance to stop listening if they want, and then we will cruise on into spoiler territory. I don't even want to describe the plot of this movie in the non-spoiler section, because for one thing, it's it's very basic. Um, also, because I think this experience is a lot more enjoyable if you know next to nothing. Woohoo! Um, <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> but I did want to mention the creator credits. Uh, Werewolf by Night is produced by Disney and Marvel Studios. Naturally, the film is directed by Michael Giacchino, making his directorial debut. Of course, Giacchino is more famously known as a music composer, having scored more than a hundred movies, including the animated feature Up, for which he won the Academy Award, as well as the Tom Holland Spider-Man trilogy, Rogue One, A Star Wars Story, Batman, and the 2009 Star Trek, just to name a few. Werewolf by Night was written by Heather Quinn and Peter Cameron, who have both previously worked on Marvel's Disney Plus shows, including WandaVision, Moon Knight, and Hawkeye. The movie stars Gail Garcia Bernal as Jack Russell, Laura Donnelly, who is not Anne Hathaway, apparently, as Elsa Bloodstone, and Harriet Sanson Harris as Verusa. Before getting into the big picture things, um, what did you guys know about this property before we watched it? Chris, Cindy, what was your prior knowledge of Werewolf by Night at Marvel? And what did you think when you saw the trailer a month ago? Okay, for me, my honest opinion on the, I mean, my honest exposure to this was simply what Chris told me. I knew nothing about it. I've not read any of the comics about it. Um, I just thought it was hilarious that his name's Jack Russell and he's a werewolf. That's pretty much what I knew going into it. So now you, we did cover uh, uh, Marvel team up with Spider-Man and Werewolf by Night. Years but ago. I'm saying, you know, yeah. that was, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and my, I, I'm more of a, I have more of a passing knowledge of the character. I, I've probably read more articles and more reference material about Werewolf by Night, like in Back Issue and uh, Oh Hot Moo and things like that than I have like actual comics. But I have read like, I read like the first handful of appearances and I've read some appearances here and there. And I did at one time own uh, werewolf by night is number 32 that's the first moon night yep. i did own that and and then i sold it in college because i needed money <laughs> so. oh to have it back yeah i want to have it back right now oh yeah <laughs> uh neil right after the trailer dropped you called me and you're like what the hell is this thing so <laughs> yeah well uh first of all i'm a little confused because when you got me to do this podcast i thought we were all I thought you guys were just going to do a recap of Rob Kelly's wedding. So I, <laughs> I, I, I didn't realize we were actually talking about werewolf by night, but since, since that's the, since we're going down that rabbit hole, um, I got to be honest with you. I knew nothing about this. I'd never heard of it except for maybe in passing Ryan from your podcast show. What's interesting is I can actually remember going back to the late eighties with the movie, the lost boys. Mm-hmm. And I remember the comic book shop with the Corey's and all this stuff. And they were showing uh, Corey Feldman was showing Corey Haim a horror comic about vampires and like, Hey, you need to read this right away and all this stuff. And he was like, no, I don't do horror comics at the time. I thought that was kind of a joke and that was made up for the movie because I didn't know there was such a thing as horror comics. Now I find mm-hmm. it very interesting because then fast forward to the last, I don't know, five years or so, or maybe longer Ryan with you doing midnight at the podcasting hour and listening to some of those things. And I'm like, Oh, there's this whole, there actually that's, that was real. There actually is this genre of comics that is kind of more in line with the stuff that I like anyway. I kind of grew up, I'm, I'm still to this day, I've always been fascinated with the classic universal horror monsters and things like that. And while I'll talk about that stuff as we go later on mm-hmm. tonight, but I think I've, I either read it on one of your, uh, on the fire and water podcast things, uh, when I was reading the synopsis of one of your podcasts, or I heard you talk about it, but the name werewolf by night did strike uh, a memory of that because I remember 
and still to this day, I didn't understand the title. I thought that was the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Of. <laughs> and it's one of those, I, I don't, I, I think Stanley came up with the title. It might've been Roy Thomas. I think it was, I think Stanley came up with the title though. I and think I think it was, I think he pulled it from the poster of like, not, I was a teenage werewolf, but something like that, which yeah. was like man by day, werewolf by night. And it was like meant to evoke one of those things. Yes. The title is very on the nose, obviously. And <laughs> I think it's just, that's one of the, the charming things about it as is the name Jack Russell of the main character. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. I, I it's one of those things I get it, but yeah. Um, listeners, if you want back in, it might have been 2019. Um, I did a Find Your Joy episode of FW Presents where I covered uh, the first appearance of Werewolf by Night in Marvel Spotlight issue two. And I covered his origin story. Yep, uh, that, would be, talked, that would be the one that I, I, I remember. I, I talked about how Neil terrorized me as a child with the music <laughs> video Thriller um, and how the, the transformation scene in the opening movie version of that one um, plagued me for Wait, longer okay. than it should have. Well, okay, just for the listeners out there and for, and for the Franklins too, let me just point out that this coincided with the very first remote control we ever had for a television. That was brand new, the fact that you could actually make the TV do stuff without getting up. So... It was fascinating because when the thriller video would come on, Ryan would get scared and run out of the room. My mom would be like, Neil, turn it off, turn it off, whatever. So I learned you could push mute without moving anywhere. So I pushed (laughs) mute and then I would say, okay, it's over. And Ryan would come walking back in and then I'd unmute it. And right when like a scream would happen or Michael Jackson would jump out as the Panther or whatever. And it would, and, and it was, it was great because throughout the course of like that, what, 20 minute video, I could fool Ryan seven times. And, and like, you have got to be the big brother. <laughs> I have was, one of those myself. You both are turds. <laughs> it was just the greatest thing ever. I don't I don't know if I've ever experienced as much joy since then. <laughs> Probably not. You've been chasing that dragon for a long time, almost yes. almost forty years now. Yep, All right, that, Ryan, that, younger siblings unite. I'm a younger sibling too. Um, <laughs> So anyway, all the all that is to say, Werewolf by Night is one of my all time favorite comics. Um, I don't I don't pretend it, it is the greatest objectively, or that it's that it's aged terribly well. But just like my fascination with the book, and when I read it, uh, it it always left uh, an imprint on me, and I enjoyed him being kind of the supernatural version of the Incredible Hulk in Marvel for the seventies, uh, and having similar types of archetypal stories. So. When I heard that they were doing a movie version, and I think I knew that they were, I think I knew that Gail Garcia Bernal was tapped to to star in it early on a couple of years ago. So I assumed that they were going to do be doing a more modern take because in the last couple of years they have redone the the Werewolf by Night and they've they've told new versions of the character and of all people. Taboo, the the musician from the Black Eyed Peas, wrote a Werewolf by Night miniseries a couple of years ago and reintroduced a version of the werewolf that was steeped in the indigenous American population from the Southwest and and Mexican-American culture. So I was like, okay, Gail Garcia Bernal must be playing that version of the character. And yeah, they wouldn't do something as silly as call the character Jack Russell. I was like, that's just one of those things that doesn't age well. So I wasn't expecting... I was happy that they were trying to do Werewolf by Night, but I was expecting it to be a version of the character that I didn't have the same emotional attachment to. Mm-hmm. I was just like, okay, they're giving me something in name only. 
but it's not the one that I want. So is this going to be kind of a bittersweet thing? And then they dropped that trailer, which mm-hmm. we, I think we all said it looks like a grindhouse version of a love letter to the Universal pictures of the 30s and 40s. I don't know if this is what I was expecting or what I was wanting, but I definitely know what I like. And it, it looks like this. So that's kind of where, where we were going in. Non-spoilers. Cindy, overall impression. What did, what did you like? What did you not like? honestly was pleasantly surprised I, I really was because I went into it thinking oh man well I'll sit here with Chris and watch it because you know but then I, I really liked it because you know a lot of times I'll catch myself out you know he'll be like oh come on watch this with me I'm like okay what's what's on Facebook while we're, yeah okay yeah uh-huh. but this one I, I stayed focused the whole time <laughs> <laughs> that's a thumbs up <laughs> Chris what'd you think I it, I was uh, I had high expectations for it. Um, I have to say it exceeded them. Um, I was I was really I, I was really pleasantly surprised with with uh, with how much they showed. I was I was I was in for a Val Luton type experience where we didn't really see much of him. Uh, I will say I, maybe this is spoilers and I shouldn't say that, but you do get a pretty good some pretty good shots of the werewolf. Uh, so um, maybe I shouldn't say that up front, but I'm, it's okay. I yeah. think people expect that one. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I kind of didn't. I kind of didn't because I think mm-hmm. somebody said something. I don't know if it was Feige or or uh, the actor playing Jack that said, Garcia, that said that uh, it's it, what you don't see sometimes scarier than what you see. Well, and, I think actually it was the director, Michael Giacchino, said like one of his favorite things okay. about horror is the stuff that's in the shadows that you don't see right. that your imagination picks up on. Yeah. Okay, so that's who it was. I knew it was somebody that said something like that. And so I was kind of thinking, okay, they might go fully into that and you might just see the shadows projected on the wall and a couple, mm-hmm. you know, glimpses of fur here and there. But uh, but no, just just the overall. And I thought it was uh, clever and without giving too much away, I, I really enjoyed it. And our son, Andrew, came, up, came out and watched it with us. And me, he, me and him are big Wolfman fans mm-hmm. from way back. Uh, so we both really dug it. Cool. Neil? Okay, I'm going to, Ryan, you know that I like doing these podcasts and stuff when not everybody's in agreement. I like intelligent debate. I like, uh, I, I think that that adds to the discussion, uh, if not everybody's quite on the same page. Um, so I'm going to be honest with you, I was disappointed. And I was disappointed because it was almost a perfect film. <laughs> it was, it was almost perfect. That was, it was so good. Um I'm trying to think of things that I can say that aren't spoilers right now. It's well, first of all, coming from a, a, a film, uh, I'm sorry, a music composer being a first time film director, I expected the score to be phenomenal. And the opening sequence is a re recording of the Marvel theme, you know, in a, in like a minor key, uh, kind of like a horror thing. I thought that was brilliant, but the film had really great use of, of, the soundtrack had records playing old records playing. And I thought that that was really interesting. I didn't expect that coming from a composer. I thought his handprint would be all over it. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I've already referenced this, so it's no surprise. I'm, I, it was a throwback to the 1930s universal classic horror movies. And I can say that this kind of righted the wrongs of the Benicio del Toro version of the Wolfman 
which I hated. Uh, the, <laughs> the Van Helsing movie with Hugh Jackman, which I hated. Oh my gosh, there, that was a there, turd. There, 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 like every time, every time somebody says they're going to redo a Frankenstein or a Dracula or a Wolfman or something, I always get sucked in, even though I know against my better judgment is going to be bad. Like Aaron Eckhart's I Frankenstein, you know, like there's like I <laughs> I want these things to be good, and I go into it and I get punched in the gut every time, and I hate it. <laughs> and then I got my hopes up for the Universal's. Um, uh, what was it? The Dark, Dark Universe. Universe. Dark, Dark Universe. Universe. Yeah. Dark Universe, and where they were going to go with that, and then Tom Cruise ruined it right out of the bat. <laughs> you know, with the first one, he just he just destroyed it, and then they didn't do it. So this righted all those wrongs and put me back in like, oh my god, this is why I love that cinematography. I mean, there were elements in the beginning that reminded me of the the beginning of the ride at Disney World, the Haunted Mansion, like just when they're expo- like yep. when they're sitting around. Yep, yep, yep. There were so many fun elements to this. And then the thing, obviously the big spoiler, which I can't reveal and talk about right now, but there were some fun surprises in this that just, I, I, I laughed out loud. So yeah, long story short, I, you know, again, I, I, I was kind of misleading when I said that I was disappointed. It was, it was, it, it far exceeded any expectations I would have had. It was a really, really good film. Overall, I, I enjoyed the hell out of it too. And I, in preparation for this, I, I, I thought I was going to have more time to watch it and kind of digest it, but Reese didn't have school today. So I had to wake up early before the crack of dawn to watch it as soon as it dropped, uh, knowing that I would have time. And then I still ended up having enough time to watch it twice because it's so short and it moves at a very quick clip. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I watched it twice and I think I liked it better the second time. Um, I was a little bit more critical the first time and I was like, mm, did I like that? Did I not? And maybe the second time, just knowing where it was going, just kind of letting it wash over. The, I co-signed everything you guys said as a love letter to the Universal Monster movies. Uh, it was unparalleled, just like the direction, the production style, mm-hmm. um, the look. I guess what I what I heard earlier today, like it was filmed and intended to be in color. And Giacchino decided to do a black and white cut and present it to Kevin Feige and pitched him on that. What do you think about doing it this way? I think this would be better. And when Kevin Feige watched it, he was like, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it black and white. Yeah. So I I think that was, that was a really cool thing. Chris, remind me, did you, in one of our group chats, did you say like you, there was a Peter Cushing movie that you kind of identified as maybe like the skeleton of what this movie, what this one story was about? Yeah, there's a there's a, a amicus. I believe it's an amicus film, which is you know amicus was like Hammer's chief rival uh, back in the day, uh, and and Lee and Cushing were in a lot of those films as well. Uh, they're mostly known for the anthology films, but they made a movie called The Beast Must Die, and uh, it's uh, it's about basically a group. Uh, in that movie, they are uh, trying to figure out which one of the group is a, a werewolf in amongst the group. It's kind of like an Agatha Christie movie, okay. uh, with one of them being a werewolf. Uh, so yeah, I have, uh, I have only seen that once. I, I was going to try to watch it again before I watched this. I just ran out of time. Yes. Uh, but yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's, it, it's, and it's got the guy, oh, uh, Michael Gambon that played, uh, oh, Dumbledore. Was, oh, Dumbledore, yeah, Dumbledore. Yeah. 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 He's in it too. Young, young Michael Gambon's in it as nice. well. Uh, so yeah, I'd, I'd check it out. It's a pretty good film, but yeah, there's, there's some similarities here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, I could watch this one again on mute and just look at the visuals mm-hmm. and just yeah. enjoy it for that. That's how much I, I liked 
the way they, they presented this in terms of production, the, the art decoration, all of that stuff that goes into the setting. My criticism, if I have one, I think the title might be a little bit misleading. I, and again, I love how Amino's Werewolf by Night is, but is it really Jack's story? I think that's a little mm. bit debatable. We can talk mm. about the characters in a little bit. Um, and I wanted to see more of the werewolf. Um, mm. In as much as like what we saw, I, I don't feel like I got enough. Part of that is a conceit of the length of the story and what they were, the story they were trying to tell. But I wanted more from who I thought was the main character going into it. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I think all, all four of us, to one degree or another, were really impressed or really just excited and engaged by this. So, folks, that is going to be your non-spoiler review. Um, if you haven't watched Werewolf by Night, go out and do it again. It's like 55 minutes long streaming on Disney+. Plus, and that was your only warning, because right now we're going to get into the full <laughs> spoilerific review. Uh, yeah. If you don't care to be spoiled, proceed at your own peril. I'm going to pick up on where uh, I was just leaving off with kind of like how much we got to see of him. I adore the fact that the first transformation, well, the only transformation we get of the werewolf is in shadows Mm -hmm. and that Mm -hmm. it's staged so that we don't see him changing. We see the the look on Elsa's face, Elsa played Mm -hmm. by Lauren Donnelly, who is not Kristen Ritter, the girl who plays Jessica Jones. <laughs> That's what Cindy said. I'm like, the entire movie, every time I saw her, I saw a different actress that looked similar to her. I, I thought it um, was I, th- I thought it was Lisa Marie, T- Tim Burton's ex-wife. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Okay, looks like her too, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I love that that's how they had the change. And I was also trying to think, um, okay, we've seen Lon Chaney, change, Lon Chaney Jr. change into the mm-hmm. Wolfman. We've seen the change from an American werewolf in London. We've seen the change from Thriller that we mentioned earlier. Yeah. Are any of those ever going to be topped? I find it hard to believe. I mean, those things are just so baked into popular consciousness. So... I, I don't know that we necessarily needed to see uh, that that change, but I was also like, and, and when and when we finally got to see the Wolfman, like Chris, like you were saying, like when we finally actually got the hero shot of him standing there, I loved his look. I liked the fact that you could see the actor underneath that it was mm-hmm. they went with practical effects. Yep. Yes. much yep. like I said, like when yep. I when I reviewed the comic all those years ago, I liked that the Wolfman's look was originally a bit more of that flat-faced werewolf look so you can see the actor. He doesn't look like a dog with a giant protruding canine snout. It wasn't obviously yeah. a CGI werewolf like you see in like the Underworld movies. You see the man underneath, and that's important because you need to feel the humanity of this character. And yes. I liked all of that. Um, but I, th- I, I, the second time I watched it, I clocked, he's only the werewolf for five minutes mm. in the entire thing. It's just that action scene. And it's great. I like the way it looked. I like the way it was presented. And you obviously don't want to do too much. But if it's called Werewolf by Night, I kind of wanted him to be the feature. And I wanted a little bit more changes and a little bit more of that. And 
it was just like the, the brevity of it. I liked the fact that it was only 55 minutes and it moved so fast. But at the end, by the time it was over, I was like, is this just episode one of the series? Like, yeah, where's, the, where's the next one? Like, so I don't know. What, what did you guys think about the werewolf itself when we see it? Uh, well, I, I was just going to say, I think the, 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 the five minutes, that's actually on track with Lon Chaney's uh, junior screen time as the Wolfman in almost every film he was in. I mean, he really is Larry Talbot through most of the films yeah. that he's yeah. in. And, okay, and, yeah. and the runtime is about the same, you know, so they're, they're just a little over. All right, well, that's, yeah, that may be true. So, so yeah, I, I think, you know, I, I mean, the fact that I, I guess, again, I was, even though it was called Werewolf by Night, and I knew that just from what, like you said, now I know it's Giacchino that said it. I I, uh, I was just kind of thinking, I was just, you know, we might not get that much of him, but just the fact that we saw the full on makeup and that you could, he kind of had like, um, even more so than Lon Chaney Jr., he had the Henry Hole Werewolf of London kind of look, but just with no clothes on, just all shaggy, you know, with the, yeah. so mm. you could see all the hair on him, which was also uh, Jack Pierce that created that, the, the guy who created all the Universal Monsters. So he, he you know, I love that that's that tribute to it. And, and it's, it's, uh, it's so great because, you know, the Del Toro movie you guys were talking about, I, I don't hate that look, but this is just more what the Wolfman, what a classic werewolf should look like to me. You know, so I, I was just so appreciative that he, like you said, you can, you can, you've got to know Jack in this film. You like him and you get to see him, you know, you get to relate to him as he's going through this. And it's important to the plot too, that, that he's still in there. Mm-hmm. And I think they do a wonderful job with. It. Well, yeah, that's he's... even that's even written into the script too. Like he's he's when he's dialoguing with with Bloodstone in the in the cage. I thought I found it very interesting as a prequel to what would happen. He kind of tells her, "I'm still human. There's a part of me that that hunts and does this, but I'm still the rest. Of, like most of this is me." And it kind of precludes. Well, you said at the beginning, you you mentioned a reference to the Incredible Hulk. I think even back to the 1970s, I. Th- think that Lou Ferrigno probably had maybe five six minutes of screen time as the Hulk in each one and that's two different changes in every episode there was one at about the halfway point and one at the end but the majority of the story was uh David Banner yeah so. good point um yeah but I, again like getting like I, I love the design I like the fact that mm-hmm. um the sort of tribal tattoos that he talked about with his ancestor that you could see them on the werewolf's face Mm-hmm. Um, when he did the close up, when he actually like tackles Elsa and they're face to face and she's holding up her hand, the, the fact that he had human eyes, mm-hmm. I thought that yes. was a really nice touch in that scene. Like mm-hmm. that they didn't go all out, like with the spectacle it of what they could have done. Like, you all, do you all remember the Jack Nicholson movie Wolf? Yeah, yeah. I loved it. Yeah. I mean, th- it kind of put me in an amped up version of his version of mm-hmm. the wolf mm-hmm. when he's transforming. You know, furrier yeah. version, you know, as yeah. far as the transformation, being able to see his face, mm-hmm. you know, that's what it put me in mind of. And and the ending that with him and Nelson is kind of similar to that. Exactly. With him and it the, is. Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I going back to the logistics of the or the physicality of the of the the wolf. I think Ryan. I think I think we're all kind of in agreement that this is interesting because there's certainly a place for werewolf lore where they become complete four legged wolves yeah. and that type of thing. But there's the critical nature of me always kind of even in a really good film like an American Werewolf in London kind of thing, which is uh, that that transformation sequence will go down in history as one of the greatest practical effects transformations in history. But there's still a part of me that watches that the, the critical nature of me says like, well, how is it possible? Like, you know, with, if you take in, it's a blood disease, 
but your your the bone structure of your face changes and that kind of thing. Like there were certain elements of it that I just couldn't. I try to wrap my. I try to just escape into fantasy, but some things, you know, I'm I'm like okay, but when you see like their hind legs like bend and tort and contort into a, a canine, I'm like. Uh, that kind of takes me out of it a little bit. It takes me out of the believability thing. Whereas when you see somebody just become a wolf man, like, like this, um, it, 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 I, I, I go along with the story more, I guess mm-hmm. is what I'm saying. I agree. Yeah. I think it, I think it also makes it, you know, it's like, it's that inner, it's that inner beast that all men have. But when you turn into a straight up dog, well, you're just turned into a dog. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This, this was a little bit more along the lines of like the strange case of Jekyll and Hyde. You know, that kind of yeah. thing. It was like, it was like, it was still elements of him, you know, like every time Jekyll and Hyde, Hyde looked like just a distorted version of Jekyll. This is kind mm-hmm. of that same kind of thing. Yeah. And that's one of the things about werewolf lore and legends that I've always liked is like the sense that this is a cursed man, a cursed yeah. person mm-hmm. or whatever like that. Mm-hmm. But it's it's not just, it's not just a monster that there's a guy experiencing this change and, yeah. and going through this and like that. Yeah. I, I just think that, that, the humanity in there is critical to being able to sympathize with the Hulk or the Wolfman or whatever it is. You have yeah. to be able to, to see those eyes. So I love that they did it. I also like the way that he moved and kind of like practically like jumps up and down. Like, the, mm-hmm. like it, they felt almost kind of old school, like wire effects with him yeah. jumping oh, from yeah. the cage to like the, the, like all the stuff like decorated around that room and everything, like when he's on the top and, and some of the fighting and everything. Um, gosh. Yeah. Um, and I and I, I also I I mean right off the bat I I like Gal Garcia Bernal as as Jack just to like and this is one of those things that Marvel is really good at and and I did feel like like this was a Marvel property I it, this had Marvel's DNA I think all over in terms of like the humor the setup and I yep, just thought like, yep. the way the characters were introduced I was like I like this guy off the right off the bat like I mm-hmm. I'm into him I I feel like this connection to him and they just they're really good about doing that very quickly and like a kind of shorthand. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I was just, yeah, both as Jack and the werewolf, I was, I thought he, he had a great look about him. There was an interesting mystery about him. And mm-hmm. by the end of it, we find out a whole lot more. And I just think, it was, yeah, kind of a captivating study. So. Yeah. Yeah. I like the fact that, you know, we, we find out early on, well, I mean, not too early on, but we find out before we even introduced to the werewolf element that he's a good guy out there. He's at, he's there to do something good. Yes. You know, that, yes. that puts us on, that puts us behind him 100 yep. percent. you know no matter right. what he's going to do later uh right. we like the guy inside so I thought that right really and sharp. there's like yeah when they're talking about all of these other hunters who have gathered there and some of them have 30 something kills or 40 something an impressive 57 kills but jack has killed over 100 people and it's like eh, i'm not sure i buy that that doesn't yeah. seem like squared away unless we're talking about innocent and then but like the first time he sees elsa he's like Let's just walk by each other, like not even fight. He's like, okay, he's got a different agenda. He's there for a right, different purpose. Right. And yeah. when he finds out, when we find out that he's there to rescue the beast, that they've mm-hmm. all been there, um, which is a great reveal because I did see there is a shot in the trailer where he's up against like the, the hedge at the side mm-hmm. and the hand comes out and grabs him. And I was like, that's, that's main thing. I was like, how is this going to go? Because... <laughs> According to the comics, whoever knows fear burns at the touch of the man thing. And we see that happen to two of the characters when he grabs mm-hmm. them, just burst into flames, which is a why I, I love that. But <laughs> when it grabs Jack, Jack's not afraid of him. Jack starts to laugh and says, Hey, buddy. And I'm like, yeah. 
oh my gosh, is this Rocket and Groot? I was like, what the hell is going on here? <laughs> right. yeah. It's Ted now. It's Ted. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's Ted. It's a call him by his name. It's Ted. It's like, seriously, they call him yeah. Ted Salas. Yeah, it's that yeah. character. You know, you know what's great, Ryan, is I caught, uh, I caught since I saw it a second time, because again, bear in mind, I knew nothing about what this was. But at the beginning, I thought, I just assumed foolishly, because I knew nothing about the property, that these were all hunters that were going to go hunt a werewolf. And I didn't know that the monster was going to be something else. And the werewolf See, was me running. either. Me nothing either. Yeah. I had no idea. But what I found really cool on, on the second viewing of it, once you know the story, then you watch it a second time. And when they're still in the room being there, given their assignments and they're going to go out and, and, uh, they're, you know, they, they're told that the bloodstone is going to be imprinted on the, on the monster mm-hmm. and it's going to make them angry and stuff. Gail Garcia Bernal gives a very interesting reaction that I wouldn't have caught the first time because yeah. I didn't know that they were friends. Right. And so it's, it's, it's a very, it's very cool. You see him kind of be like, Oh man, like my poor buddy, you know, it's like this. It's really cool. When you see it a second time, you're like, Oh, I get it now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, I, I, I cover too. Yeah. It's great. And he's talking about, he's like, I'm always, I always have to rescue you. Why do you keep doing <laughs> yeah. in these situations? <laughs> And uh, and yeah, it's perfect because then by the end of it, main thing comes back, and when main thing ends up taking taking out Verusa at the very end, after the wolf, werewolf has run off into the distance, and and Elsa's just like, yeah, he went that way, and <laughs> man thing just shrugs, and like, eh, thank you, like I love that it. it doesn't speak, but it's, it has a communication, which is a little bit different than the main thing that I know and love that it, it was a bit more of a personality and that it could speak. I was like, okay, it's a little bit more Groot, but yeah. it worked for the. <laughs> The story it works for this, for this week. Right. um and then i love it as it's leaving it walks it grabs like a cape or like yeah. something or like a, yeah. a blanket ever. <laughs> and then the next time when it's the morning after jack is wrapped up in this thing like it actually gave him like a blanket and something to wear as they're he's drinking <laughs> coffee and sitting next to man thing they're like okay this time you saved me it's like yeah, yeah. it's like han, it's like han and luke it's like all right i owe you one this time yep yeah, <laughs> I thought I thought at first when he had that reaction, when they said that about the bloodstone being on him, I thought that was good. The bloodstone was going to be some kind of, oh, I need the bloodstone to try to cure me or something. Mm-hmm. I thought that's where they were going to go mm-hmm. with it. So I, you know, but then later we find out, no, the bloodstone and werewolves do not mix well, uh, <laughs> which makes <Right>? sense. <laughs> yep. Mental note. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. And I knew the Bloodstone, you know, I knew something of the Bloodstone from like, I knew there was a Ulysses Bloodstone. I haven't kept up with the modern comics with Elsa, but I remember there was a, the, a Bloodstone. Uh, uh, I forgot what the actual name of it, but there was a, a multi-part story in Captain America. And like, I think it was called 80s. the Bloodstone Hunt. Yeah, Bloodstone Hunt. I think you're right. It was like when Captain America went weekly and then like him and Diamond back were looking for the Bloodstone. I think that's when they yeah. first run into Crossbones. And yep. so, and then like the living mummy showed up and yeah, it was, it was yep. awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Elsa Bloodstone. I I've only read, I'm only familiar with her from the, uh, the Warren Ellis comic next wave. Um, but like, yeah, like the, the Bloodstone element of this, like, I, I don't, I haven't really read much. I know of Ulysses Bloodstone as this monster, monster hunter in Marvel lore. Um, and, and Elsa's kind of taking over, but what did we think of her? Played by Laura Donnelly, who is not Eva Green. <laughs> <laughs> How many of these you got, dude? <laughs> I think those are the only three that I actually prepped for. So. Okay. <laughs> but, All right. um, did you, what did we actually think of Elsa? Who I, I think, honestly, I think it's Elsa's story. It's as close to her origin story mm-hmm. as anything because Jack 
he's, it's established that he's already a werewolf. Not only is he already a werewolf, by the time we meet him, he's been at this so long that he's developed what he has calls like systems to yeah. prevent his transformations from mm-hmm. hurting anybody. Mm-hmm. He's got blockers. He's got his, you know, like his Hulk protocols, um, basically yeah. to, to, to stop this. So he's an experienced hand at this type of thing with her. We know she had a falling out with her dad for whatever reason. Sounds like he was an asshole. Um, but he's dead now, and she's come to maybe claim her birthright, but her wicked stepmother doesn't really want her to, and it kind of that outs. But I think, if anything, it's Elsa's the protagonist, I think, more than Jack. Mm-hmm. What do we think? I, I definitely think so. I'm, I, for one, was very appreciative of the fact that she was strong and capable, and she didn't have her boobs hanging out. Thank you, baby Jesus. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry, but come on. That is such a trope. And she was just like, no, and she, but she also didn't come in and be like, I'm the baddest B-I-T-C-H on the block either. She was just like, showed her skills and that was it. She went and took care of business, but she didn't engage unless she had to. And like when they're in the crypt and she's like, you know, they're just talking and then you can tell she's like, oh, wait, I had that crazy Aunt Frances and breaks into the tomb. It's like she didn't remember at first till she was talking to him. Yeah. I thought it was a nice little bit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was, I, I, I liked her character. I, I think it's, I think every Marvel of, of female heroine knows the mm-hmm. black widow trick to wrap their legs around somebody and flip them. Uh, but you know, it's like, they all went to the uh, scar Joe school of, of defense or something, you know, which is cool. Uh, but- <laughs> you know, they, there, there's a line there where they where I think Verusa says something like you didn't train for this, you know, you didn't, and she's like, well, I didn't have my father's training. Maybe she went to the black widow school. Maybe she was a black yeah, widow. The red room. She was in the red room. Maybe she was she in the red room. The ones they freed at the end of uh, black widow. We just, that's where she it. got that red leather jacket. Yeah, it could be cool. Yeah. But no, I, I thought she was, you know, obviously I feel like, I feel like hopefully we'll see all these characters again. I definitely feel like we're going to see her again. Yes. I just, yeah. And she mm. is not Jessica Jones. No, she's not <laughs> Jessica Jones. Yeah. She yeah, seems I, a little bit, she seems a little bit damaged, but not that damaged. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, Ryan, I, I, I want to go back to what you initially said, which is you think that she's the protagonist of it. I picked up on that even, uh, even on my first viewing, um, because once she passes, uh, Jack Russell in the in the maze. Then the story picks up on her, and you follow her around for almost the next ten minutes. Mm-hmm. And and I really thought at at you know the the writer in me is like sitting there going, well that this is interesting. We've never left the lead character for this long to follow a subordinate kind of thing. Um, so I started to pick up, and then you see her do her tricks, and you see all the like how badass she is, and then she can she's she has her face beaten down on a brick wall, and then pops back and she's shakes it off like all these interesting things. So immediately I'm going. Okay, I know nothing about this franchise here, but she's either going to get a spin off herself or there's <laughs> like, or if they do more of the, like, I was like, this is obviously somebody of importance. And, and I now having seen it a second time, I actually, I, I side with you. I think that this is, she, I, I like, I feel like this is almost her story. Like, if this was going to be a retelling um, of this adventure in the future, I feel like she would be the one telling the story. Exactly. At, at minimum, I think they're co-leads, but I definitely think it was more of her, I mean, in terms of like, uh, I, I don't know if origin is the right word, but it's her rite of passage into this world. It's her claiming her birthright, her ancestral mm-hmm. birthright, yeah. and winning it through trial of combat and this whole thing. And by the end of it, she's kind of inherited Bloodstone Manor and like the butler is working for her now. So I think 
if they did spin this, and I, I, I'm assuming if they're introducing characters like Blade, um, and they can do other stuff, like if they bring Ghost Rider back, or they do stuff with Moon Knight in the supernatural realm, they could make a Legion of Monsters or Midnight Suns type of supernatural Avengers type of team. I think she's definitely poised to be, if not the leader, then certainly kind of like the the financier in terms mm-hmm. of her having yeah. the money, the yeah. clout. Like it could be based out of her her mansion or, or something like that. Um, she could potentially yeah, could be the MCU's Van Helsing. Yeah, um, I mean, kind of. Yeah, like she's the one who's known just as Monster Hunter. Right. Who's also known yeah. Monster Hunter. Everybody else kind of has their own shtick, but yeah, that's that's her her realm, her game. So yeah, yeah. kind of Van Helsing. I would say, speaking of what, before we leave her though, and talk about other characters and stuff, that I, w- I would say one of my critiques though, and this has nothing to do with her as a character or her as an actress. Um, I would say that I feel like because the the product that we got was very very short and brief it was very brisk i feel like there was a lot more that could have been flushed out if this was like a feature length film if this was say if say like if this was an hour and 45 minute standalone movie kind of thing i i think maybe i still have werewolf in werewolf an american werewolf in london in my head but i kind of would have appreciated more of them actually developing a love connection and then have that moment like there were just moments where you know again they just met each other that same night and all this happened so fast and then at the end they had this like oh she looks at him and so he smells her and recognizes her and the move but it just kind of felt like okay all that happened really quick though you know um mm, and i'm not knocking it because i loved the pacing of the film but whenever, you know, this and anybody that's ever, you know, edited anything, you know that you're going to leave some stuff out, you know, to to cut it short and everything. And I kind of there's a part of me that kind of thinks like there was a really interesting love connection that they could have explored just like at like if you take a Beauty and the Beast type of product where it's beauty that has to kill the beast kind of thing. You know, obviously he didn't die at the end of this, but I'm saying there there was I, I would have liked to see more than they just helped each other free the monster and that's their connection. You know, I kind of wanted like there to be some sort of sparks fly and that made when he was on top of her and he could have killed her, but he looked at her and she looked at him and everything. There could have been a whole lot more there. And maybe there was more before that was cut out. You know, maybe we didn't see that, but that would be my only critique about that. That character arc is I would have, I felt like there was more, more to that relationship that we just didn't get to see because it was so short. I respectfully disagree. Okay. That was the part of the movie that I didn't like. I thought that that whole putting her hand on his face shouldn't have been done. I don't think that should have been part of it. What should have happened is she should have, he was sniffing her all through here and everything else. If she had put her hand in front of his face or something like that, putting her hand on his face is romantic it should have just been like you would when you approach a dog, you approach him with the flat of your hand. Mm-hmm. I think th- there shouldn't have been anything romantic in it. I, that was the part that was a misstep for me. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But it's not, not just that scene in particular though. I mean, and, and again, this is, you know, free discussion here, but oh, even yeah, like even, you know, they set her up at the very beginning of opening sequence as being so jaded and so ready to fight everybody. Like she even says, Oh, what you, you know, it's up your ass kind of, you know, when she's talking, <laughs> you know, all these things. And then it's like how quickly, and again, this is just because it, you know, if this was a two hour film, it would have made a lot more sense, but then you condense it and all this yeah. stuff. And, and I feel like she kind of, quickly opened up and warmed up to jack russell in in the tomb when they were trapped and i'm Mm -hmm. like see and again in a longer movie 
that would have taken time to get to that point. Like yeah. we, we see her as just being like, she doesn't want to be there. She hates everybody. She wants to kill everybody. She like just, and then all of a sudden she's like, Oh, okay, let's be friends. I'll help you. Sure. And that part I think was just, uh, just, I, I think I'm a little bit, I'm almost there with you. I'm, I'm kind of, sure. I think I'm a little bit halfway in that within this story that they were telling and everything, mm-hmm. I think, I mean, and they, had this been twice as long, had they developed a lot more, they could have pushed the characters together. But I feel like I can see the point where we get to the ending where they kiss and it just feels forced and artificial and unearned. And I wouldn't have wanted something like that. Like that's not who they are after their first night together. But I do think there was room for another scene of them kind of bonding and clicking and, and, you know, just kind of showing a, a friendship, a comradeship or camaraderie like that shows that a kind of emotional connection that might not be romantic in nature, but enough to kind of see like that she has left an impression on him enough that even as the werewolf, yeah, yeah. he's reluctant to attack her. Right. Yeah. Or, or go the complete other direction at the very end, right before, you know, she, right when he's the wolf, right before he, you know, he takes off in the wild, have a scene where she, admits that she played everybody she you know like she she completely acted romantic and friendly with this guy all she cared about was the stone and taking her mantle that kind of thing that would have wrapped some things up too Mm. yeah i i think they had the scene in the crypt as the shorthand to fill that i think so too you know that that relationship it was the slowest part of the film actually yeah Uh, Mm -hmm. you know kind of the whole film kind of slowed down it's like oh well we're why, are, why else were they trapped in there? It's like, well, he had, I mean, I guess he couldn't use that bomb thing or it would have blown him to bits in there. But, you know, yeah. he, he had that bomb. He could have tried to blow the doors open. They could have hid behind the tombs, I guess, the, yeah. the actual crypts or something. I don't know. Like I said, that, that, was, the only, that was the only misstep for me. Like I said, because if I'm going to touch your face, yeah. I'm mm-hmm. getting ready to kiss you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 <laughs> but you, go, you, know, you know what I mean, though, when I'm talking about, like, from the moment she's in the crypt with him and she's trying to tie something around her leg to stop the bleeding from the moment that she's against him being like, don't touch me. Don't come near me to him putting his own tie around her. It's right. probably about 20 seconds. Yeah. Like, yeah. like, yeah. like yeah. honestly, honestly, God, I was just like, wait, yeah. what? All of a sudden she's yeah. like, okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, well, I mean, again, you're t- dealing with a 55 minute time constraint. So it Correct. moves, yeah, you right. know, yeah. no, so I you agree. Have to I agree. It, Every, you know. Everything's exaggerated fast. And I, like I said, you know, I, I mean, I'm, I'm nitpicking now because that's what, oh, we do. Yeah, absolutely. That, yeah, that's right. what, that's what we do, but that right. would be like, that would be like my one of maybe three total complaints. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I I I definitely wanted to shout out just some of like the the visual and stylistic touches that they had like when Jack and Elsa are in the cage back in the house in like the main hall I don't know what that room was was called but when they're in there and Thunderdome Thunderdome yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Oh no it's and- Shades of Hannibal man yeah. After they capture oh. him, yeah. <laughs> when when the um, Verusa and the, the sort of Bloodstone cult, when they come in and they're wearing these robes, those masks, those very ornate masks and everything, I love mm-hmm. the look of those things mm-hmm. um, underneath the hooded robes. When they take those, when she takes that off, and like she's got like the sort of like teary eyed war paint like coming mm-hmm. down her eyes and everything, I just thought that was really cool look. Um, yeah, I like thought it was eyes of, wide shut. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought too. It yeah. put me in mind of Viking war paint. Oh, yeah. the, with the makeup she had. Yeah, yeah. The, and also with the mask, it totally put me in Harry Potter mode because of the Death Eaters. Oh, and then yeah. 
she was like, oh my gosh, I almost hate you almost as much as Umbridge. Almost. <laughs> she was definitely Ooh. channeling some of that energy. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> Chris, when I was looking at all of the beheaded creatures around mm-hmm. the room, mm-hmm. I was looking specifically for Baron Blood. Uh, <laughs> the, the, the Nazi vampire that Captain America beheaded by, by chopping his shield down on it. Fuck. Yeah, yeah, Chuck, I, Chuck, yeah. I, I thought that would have been a cool touch since they did acknowledge, like in the first second, like with that little preview, that this is in the world of the MCU and the Avengers. Yep. But right. it's like, I, it, it's it's in the shadows, it's in the dark realm. But I thought that would have been kind of a cool thing if they had acknowledged that Baron Blood. This was a Nazi vampire that Ulysses Bloodstone and Captain America killed together. I thought that would have been cool. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing that says that vampire. That one creature looks like a vampire. That's so, the one that I thought might have been. It, it yeah. might be Baron Blood. It might be Dracula. I hope it's not Dracula because we. I hope they. I hope the MCU. I hope the MCU is just like you know what Universal. You have no idea what you're doing. We're going to do Dracula and do him right because <laughs> we just <laughs> took the Wolf Man and did him right. So you know we're going to do we're gonna do Dracula right too. <laughs> well, the other thing, the um, the the weird animatronic corpse of yes. Ulysses oh. Bloodstone, which was freaky but i also like i love that they're kind of having fun with it that the, the yeah. wife is laughing about this yeah. um i just thought like the look with like kind of long scraggly hair and the like the stitches up at the top kind of reminded me of marvel's version of frankenstein's monster yeah. or a little yeah. bit the the zombie simon garth so i was i was i was like the second time i was really trying to look for more easter eggs i didn't find a whole lot so i think it was this was something where they're like Let's not worry about those. Let's not try and shove too many like Easter eggs down. Just tell the story in an economical time period and get out. They probably felt like, okay, we're asking you to swallow a lot with man thing. And, and they don't really explain where man thing comes from. They don't Mm -hmm. explain how Jack's a werewolf. They just, you know, they, they kind of hint that he's got these, are these, you know, these markings on his face, these tattoos or whatever these markings are, are they for, uh, part to represent his background or are they something to kind of try to control the wolf or what are they you know so they don't they don't really tell us that so i'm, I'm kind of glad they didn't go overboard with the with the easter eggs like you said i think it would have been too much in this if they were doing a series they could have done it uh it, but it's definitely it, a hallmark of some of their phase four projects like dr strange and the multiverse madness the shang chi one she hulk they're like we don't have to explain the backstory of everything i agree yeah. we're, I, I we're now we are now in a part of marvel history where there's just some weird shit here. Accept it. Yeah. No, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll give you that. And I, I'm speaking as one who knew nothing about no backstory or anything. And even like, as you referenced, you know, the, the heads on the wall and all this stuff, I, I assumed, you know, common sense would dictate that, that fans might know who some of those creatures are and things like that, but I didn't need to know who they were to understand the story. And that was one of the things I appreciated this because the one thing I don't, I, I don't like overly exposition, you know, an over amount of exposition. Don't treat the audience like we're idiots you know we can follow the story i don't need to be you, you don't need to explain not everybody has to have an origin written into the script to understand where we're, how we're getting to these places so i i think but ryan going back to the uh uh, the animatronic corpse. Um, I didn't realize uh, Tom Hanks's movie Big was a part of the MCU. Yes, and, and yes, now... that is so what I was thinking too. I'm glad I'm not the only one. <laughs> I, I, what was it? Zoltan. Zoltan. That... I think. Yeah. 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 Like I now... totally thought I was getting ready to make the same point. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. That's cool. So Tom Hanks is in the MCU now. Good. <laughs> Now, I do have a question about the heads. Most of those 
creatures were people that have transformed into something else. And usually when you kill them, in most lore, you have them transform back into their human form. Right. But these people are mounted. Yeah, well. I into guess, their monstrous form. So yeah, how'd that work? I mean, because Larry Talbot in the first movie, when he's killed, he, he reversed the human right in front of his father. Yeah. He just clubbed him to death with the silver cane. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, yeah, that's a good point. But maybe they're not. I The one, the only one that I thought besides maybe Baron Blood or Dracula or whatever. Uh, in the, and how did Dracula survive in sunlight? Sorry. Well, where was he in sunlight? But I'm saying in that room there was windows in it. Oh, okay. Well, we didn't see. Maybe they keep the curtains draw and then yeah. But you know, I know it disturbs me. You, know, you think he would just turn to dust even his uh-huh, head? Oh, uh-huh. okay. Well, maybe. Uh- <laughs> I'm sorry. These things disturb me. Okay, but the only thing I thought <laughs> there's maybe, logic class ruining the whole logic thing. class. Yeah. Comes I'm in. sorry. Yeah, it may be in the book when they're showing like the the you know telling the the the, the uh, prelude. The, yeah, the prelude with the narrator. The one creature in the book kind of looked like the Wendigo. Yeah, uh, you know, I noticed that one. Yeah, yeah. So you know the Wendigo, who famously that's who they introduced Wolverine by him and Hulk fought the Wendigo. So you know maybe, uh, which is you know we brought up recently on on uh, House of Frankenstein that, that Wolverine didn't believe Kitty that Dracula was real, but he yet he fought the Wendigo. <laughs> yeah. So okay, whatever, Logan. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I wonder. Like, I mean, like from that little preview, like in the like the how it looks like it's written in the books. And I actually, I was, I was a little bit surprised they didn't reference like the dark hold or something like that, but how it looks like, like some of those things were almost like not necessarily people cursed to turn into these monsters, but like this maybe was like part of their race or part of their form or something like that. Sort of the way I, I mean, based on the man thing, based on uh, the way Ted Salas mutated into that thing. If you chopped his head off, he wouldn't turn back into Ted's head. It would stay the man. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. Um, well, you know, honestly, speaking to that point, um, you know how, okay, I'm going to reference uh, Endgame for a second. You know how Endgame made a big spectacle of the fact that everybody assumed time travel works this way because Back to the Future taught us that. And that became kind of common knowledge. And they're like, no, actually, that's not necessarily the way things work and everybody that kind of blew people's minds it blew my mind i was like wait a minute what are you talking about back to the future (laughs) we that's everything we know about time travel that makes sense (laughs) in theory then if you follow that train of thought through marvel it's entirely possible that our belief that a werewolf when he's killed would turn back to his human form is just based on prior movies it's entirely it's entirely possible that that's just what we've seen before so we assume that but if you're if you're killed in wolf form who's to say you don't stay a wolf actually the mandala effect yeah 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 i'm trying to think because again like i i love this thing but i'm like all of my points are pretty much just how cool do the maze look like this whole tabernacle (laughs) thing (laughs) like almost like they were like i wait can i can i jump in real quick i want to i want to jump in because i don't know if this will possibly come up organically um Mm -hmm. i looked at the imdb credits for the cast and i did not see the butler listed do you guys did you and ryan in your research did you see him i actually i think the the imdb credits are misleading or there's something wrong because there's also an actor credited as a character named jake lopez or something okay that is what i mentioned before that um taboo from black eyed peas wrote a, a mini a werewolf by night miniseries that was the character from his like that was the other version of the werewolf by night the new one who's a mexican american okay. thing so 
I don't know how that got in IMDb, but I, I think that was like from a trade. Like they published that this actor is playing this character. Maybe okay. that was an earlier version of the script or the story, but that guy's not mm. in the, the movie. Okay. Like, there's gotcha. nobody because, because I went through, I scrolled through, and the reason I bring this character up is because he's my MVP of the, of the movie. <laughs> the, 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 the butler was my MVP, and I'll tell you specifically why. He, the, that actor portrayed the most true to the 1930s universal classics more than anybody else everybody (laughs) else everybody else i mean cinematography music and everything like that and makeup and all the stuff was a throwback giacchino did a great job uh, of 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 that emulating that era but the actors played it very modern um that the actor that played the butler if you watch his reactions if you watch when he comes up and he's like Elsa's here and all this stuff. Everything, (laughs) everything he did reminded me of what I loved about. I mean, it was a different style of acting in the 1930s. Everything, it was totally different. It was a talkie, so you have to project him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so I just want to give a shout out to that unknown actor. I don't know your name because you're not listed on IMDb, but you were awesome. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) yeah. He's very broad. Like he's like he's like one of the. I I can't. God help me. Universal monster fans are going to scream at me. It, he's like the maid in The Bride of Frankenstein. She was also in The Invisible Man. I cannot think of that actress's name. She's super divisive in mm-hmm. those films amongst fans because she's so over the top. Yes. You know, when Dr. I know Pretorius, who you're talking about. She's like, Dr. Pretorius, Dr. Pretorius. You know, she's yeah. just, she's so over the top that some people just can't. Her name was Minnie in the movie, but I can't think of the actress's oh. name. But yeah, she's that, she, he's the Dwight Fry type that's just over the top like his Renfield is his Fritz yeah you know, it, yeah very it, much it, so like even yeah. even when this guy's like opening the 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 coffin thing with it with yeah. Ulysses and he's doing that you see his face and it's like this <laughs> like, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean everything about him I was like I was like Ryan you just you nailed it perfectly I was like this guy seems like a, a leftover from a silent movie era that yeah. was given his first you know talky film <laughs> right he's projected all the way to the back yeah he's, yeah he, yeah. He's definitely, yeah. I, I I thought he was cool. Plus, he survives. So yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. he hides behind the coffin until it ends. No, yeah. he's he's the MVP. Yeah. <laughs> so so my MVP, and I just have some of my notes. My MVP is the guy leading Jack to the maze playing the flaming sousaphone. Yes. Yeah. The flaming tuba. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> and, yeah. Chris, Cindy, the next time we have a fire and water gathering, I think we need this. Whenever yes. we walk in, like this should have been at Rob Kelly's wedding. We should have, they should have had the at the party announced by a guy playing a giant brass horn on fire. Like I think I think Giacchino saw the last Mad Max movie, Fury Road, with the the guitar player the that guitar shot player fire. On the, like, yeah, like how can I top this? It's like. <laughs> Yeah, it, it it was just. Well, maybe was, we can talk Danny into doing it. She plays the flute. She plays the know? flute. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's like, well, you know, Neil can play a guitar. We sit it on fire. Is it again. Closer oh, to I'm face. If it's a flute, is, no, no, you got to you got you opened up a whole door. Like, I want to see a band now. Like, I'm going to be let down if I go to a live show and everybody's not on fire. <laughs> Reasonable. That was just so bizarre. It was like there's no sense for that to be like that, but it just is. You know, it's like yeah. there's. There's so much about the society itself or whatever. And I mean, I, I want to know how like tight knit this society was like, because they kind of, it says they've never met before, but yet they're in this group. Mm-hmm. And, and then Andrew had a good point. Our son, he's like, so do you think Jack like stole somebody else's invitation basically? And that's how he got in 
to to save Ted. And I'm like, yeah. oh, that's a good point. Maybe he killed the guy that was the monster yeah, hunter. And infiltrate he's, this group. He's yeah. taking right. he's taking his cred, you know. So. Well, that that opens up a whole new discussion because I I actually that that thought crossed my mind. I I will I'm a hundred percent there with you, but. I then chose to believe that no, he's as the werewolf by night. He is a hunter that did in werewolf form kill a hundred monsters. Yeah. And for some reason, that's just what I chose. That's, that's where I kind of settled on in my belief, but everything you just said did cross my mind, yeah. especially, it, especially when they're like, Oh, so there's a monster among us and none of us know you. And how did you get in here? Like that whole mm-hmm. thing. I'm yeah. like, I'm like, Oh man, maybe, maybe he's the fraud. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will say Jack doesn't kill any of the other hunters and where he almost kills like the the black hunter he like bites his ear off or something yeah. like that mm-hmm. yeah but Elsa ends up killing that guy and the Asian one and the woman with the very severe looking face um and then main thing kills uh the old the the bearded guy and then uh Verusa. Am I the only one that thinks the bearded guy looks like Kurt Russell as Santa Claus? <laughs> <laughs> the Chronicles? Santa Claus yeah. Chronicles. Yes! Yeah, yeah. Christmas is coming for you, Lassie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I kind of thought he looked like a live action version of Santa Claus from that animated Rise of the Guardians movie a few years back. That's what he kind of reminded me of. So they're both Santa Claus, but you know, yeah, he, yeah. I, when he when Man Thing like just come out and melted his head, yeah. and like he dropped, and I'm like, anything that knows fear burns at the Man Thing's touch, and everybody yeah. was like, what? I'm like, I repeated it because the, uh, the, <laughs> the rest of my bunch don't know Man Thing. They know Swamp Thing more than Man Thing. So mm-hmm. I, how cool is it that Man Thing just looks like Man Thing? I mean, they, straight they up perfect. comic book man thing. The, actually, knows. the the one the one thing I thought when they showed the bloodstone was glowing red, and that was the one thing in color mm-hmm. yeah. early on, like from the beginning, like when they're showing that whole thing, and then when we actually see Man Thing in the grove or the the garden or whatever when he meets Jack, I wish that they they had had Man Thing's eyes red. Yeah. I was like, oh, mm. I was like, that would have been a cool time, and then. At the very end, like when it's the next day, like when morning breaks and we actually get it in color, I like them that you could see his red eyes and everything like yeah, that. So yeah. I thought Man Thing was great. Uh, like the the look of him was cool. The look of the werewolf was cool. Um, I, I I I like the story. It's not without its faults, but it's so brisk that I feel like they just trimmed any kind of fat off of it and just went with, mm-hmm. here's the bare bones thing. that This is what we're giving you. You don't need backstory. You don't need exposition. You don't need anything except for what we're showing you. And it's just so fun to look at that again. Like I, I, I'll just watch this on mute sometime when I'm bored. Yeah. yeah. Um, Ryan, can I jump in on something you just said? And this would yeah. be my, my second critique of the, of the film mm-hmm. would be, I didn't like it going to color at the end. And that's just me. I feel free to disagree, but there was Mm -mm. something about just the bloodstone being the only color in the story Mm -hmm. I thought was perfect. The ending could have played the exact same way if it stayed in black and white. I -hmm. felt like there was kind of no need for it to just go to color. It was almost, you know, usually that kind of transition is like some character has a spiritual awakening and they see the world differently kind of thing. And I was like, now, you know, you could have stayed in black and white right there. Like the, the whole thing should have just, they, my opinion, viewers yeah. watching this, I, or lis- listeners may disagree, yeah. but I, I completely agree. Okay, cool. I do. Now the only, the only thing is, is maybe they could have just had her jacket go red and that be the only other spot of color. 
mm-hmm. when yeah. she sat down in the chair and that'd yeah. be the only other spot of color i, I kind of took it as now that we've we're re-entering the actual we're, we're, we're setting these characters into the mcu now that's kind of what i got like it's mm-hmm. like this was the halloween special and now we're gonna go meet these characters elsewhere elsewhere in the mcu i wish they'd left it black and white i, I do too but i i, yeah. I do too i kind of wish they just left it black because it pulled me out of that mood yes yeah. yes yeah. yeah very much so very much so now chris to your point i agree with why they probably did it i i, I think you're right with that choice coming from the overall kevin feige probably saying okay now let's yeah. okay you got this piece michael <laughs> i gave you i gave you free reign to do this black and white for here but now if we're going to go forward let's figure out a way to filter them back into the mcu Mm -hmm. i'm sure that was probably their their decision or the thought process Mm -hmm. i disagree with it yeah Mm -hmm. i do too yeah Yeah. i i don't think it lost anything going into color for the last scene because the way i took it as it's morning. We are out of the dark, terrible, horrible night. Like this is just mm-hmm. our resolution with the characters have sort of woken up. It's a new day. It's in color, and the the horrors of last night are beyond are behind us. Wherever that's kind of how I took it thematically. I agree. Had it been black and white, it would have been fine. Like I, again, mm-hmm. I I don't think it lost anything one way or another. So I'm kind of I, I see I see your points. Um, it didn't bother me the transition. Yeah, I kind of felt like somewhere over the rainbow was kind of a weird choice if you didn't go into color because that just evokes, you know, even that's not the, that's not the scene in the Wizard well, of Oz. And, that, but, and that's it was also too on the nose mm-hmm. for the change. Yeah, you know? yeah, mm-hmm. it was kind mm-hmm. of a it was kind of a odd. I thought that you know, especially coming from, I mean, because I love uh, Giacchino's scores and and uh, you know mm-hmm. the, the Incredibles score alone. You know, I mean, I know mm-hmm. I know ups the oh, you yeah. know. But I mean, I love the score for The Incredibles um, almost more than like it was one of my favorite movie scores. So, uh, but yeah, I, you know, it's it's kind of an odd. I mean, I didn't think it was like it took me out of it or anything. And I kind of got it the transition from black and white to color or whatever. But it's kind of like that was it was almost like that was it was almost too much of a wink wink in a, in a filmmaking way. Almost that's what I'm saying. Too much on the nose. Yeah, too much on the nose. Yeah, I get you. Yeah, yeah. Final thoughts on this one. I did have the other topic that I wanted to spring this into, which is what do they do next with either of these characters or this format? Um, but before that, any final last thoughts, um, criticism, comments, any other shout outs? Sydney, who is your MVP? <laughs> who, do you, who is your favorite character or favorite, like just weird little thing in there? I, I Honestly, it's one of those cases that you have a strong female character that a, yes, she can kick butt, but that's not her only personality trait. And B, she didn't have to have everything showing everywhere. So <laughs> movies out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> movies out. yeah. I, I do I do like the fact that if 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 other people do indeed interpret this the way we are, that she's kind of either at, le- at least the co-lead, if not the lead in this, then we've got some more angry, you know, incel fanboys who are <laughs> the She Hulk, the She Hulk series can target when they come back for their second season, you know. Yeah. Uh, so. <laughs> yeah. If that's what people are waiting for, then go to Netflix and watch Blonde, the Marilyn Monroe movie. You'll oh. you'll you'll be satiated. <laughs> there you go chris chris did you as a as a fan of the hammer horror movies were you upset that there weren't more busty women just kind of running yeah. around the maze <laughs> i'm no, setting right no now I, I i they were going with the universal vibe so i i didn't expect that you know and and, and uh, you know we watched uh we did watch um 
we like to watch Screen Crush. They do a pretty good job of going over like the all the Easter eggs and things. And they pointed out the fact that, you know, Mark, they got away with a lot of killing and gore mm-hmm. because it was in black and white. Well, and yeah. I will yeah. have to say that's one of the reasons I like it because you have come with cinematography, with what you have as CGI. You have gone so far where you have so much blood, so much gore that people get into that this was taken with practical effects yeah. it was in black and white to me it was just as effective if not more so than showing everybody's intestines right 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 yeah <laughs> you know yeah. i mean it was yeah. it was pretty gory though if you stop and i mean if you really stop and think about the way but you had to think you about had to think it. about it yeah and they if it had been you in know? color it probably would have been wow this is this is a little i mean i know I, we're probably going to get more intense stuff because you know we're 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 into the uh, we're, you know, we can do our rated Marvel now. We're, you know, we're going to get yeah. the, we're going to get the, I mean, you know, the Wolverine Deadpool movie is going to be bloody and brutal, but I mean, yeah. it's going to be somewhat fun because they both can regenerate. So there's, there's not a whole lot of, well, you know, it kind of <laughs> goes back to, you know, you and I started watching, watching Ash and the Evil Dead, you yeah. know, the series, but we actually stopped watching it because it was just, it's gore for gore's sake. I mean, yeah. it's, it's lost yeah. its fun element. It kind of lost me at, we started, got into season two and I'm like, you know, this just, uh, it was even more so than the films. And I mean, I don't mind gore, but it's like when it just becomes like, okay, what can we do this week? That's just over the top gory. You know, yeah. it's like, actually, I will say I, that was one of the things that did surprise me is I think they oversold in the hype for this. I think they oversold the gore. I, I was agree. expecting more. Yep, okay. me too. Um, me like too. I like, and I knew the the black and white would have that effect, and I knew it was still yeah. Disney after all. Um, but like they were talking about, like they're you haven't seen one this violent or this grisly before, and I'm like, okay, this is still fairly tame compared to what I was expecting. And not that's not a critique. I'm just like yeah. I think the hype machine prepared me for a lot more gore and blood than what we actually did yet. So yeah. I was like I said that was one of the things that I was pleasantly surprised by. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, that kind of I'm, I'm fine like, with that, yeah. They kind of oversold Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness in that aspect too. I mean there was some shockingly dark things in that film, but it was still not like drenched in blood, you know, from right. you know head to toe either, which I'm glad. I don't want it to be, but it was uh, maybe they were just preparing people who were, you know, the faintest of uh, of heart not to <laughs> you know warning them. I don't know about both these projects, but mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, so yeah, but that, it's the what the, I thought it was kind of cool that the werewolf, uh, you know, he had some. Uh, we just saw Daredevil again on She-Hulk, uh, and he had some. He had some bouncing off the wall Daredevil moves there a couple times with the, <laughs> when he was killing the guards, you know, and attacking them. So I like there, that. There's definitely a Marvel House style to their action choreography that transcends <laughs> yeah. transcends the movies and the TV shows and so like yeah. yeah, yeah. Neil, Neil, what was your uh, your final kind of thought on it before we? Um, well, I'm just going to come back to kind of what I said at the beginning uh, about just my it, it reinvigorated my love of the classic, the 30s, you know, what Universal was cranking out, you know, multiple movies a year of Dracula, Frankenstein, the the classic horror movies. Um, uh, I And the reason I bring that up is because, and Ryan, you know this, um, me and some other actor, writer, director, friends of mine in L.A. tried to make a black and white Nosferatu type movie uh, back in 2016, 2015, 2016, I think. Um, and it was a failed project because I'll, I won't get into it, but they were, we were trying to, the director then decided he wanted to make it a silent movie. And, but we used sound effects and things. And it's just like, there was just a, some things didn't, some choices didn't make sense, but the theme we were going for was 
kind of a throwback to that that style of acting, that style of projecting, and that style of, of everything is over-exemplified, you know, shadows around your eyes for all the characters mm. and makeup and things like that. Um, everything about the classic Universal movies, I can watch over and over and over again. And the funny thing is, if you go back and watch any of them, like Bela Lugosi's Dracula or, Lon Ch or, or, or Boris Karloff's Frankenstein, those movies actually are about an hour and 15 minutes. They're yeah. actually really, really short. Oh, it's really funny yeah. how what what a quick clip they moved at and got through things. And and Bride of Frankenstein, by the way, I think is better than Frankenstein. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but yeah. um, I think everybody thinks that. Okay, well, good, good, good. But anyway, so my 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 big takeaway going back to this project was. And I said this in my opening notes, and I'm going to close with it too. This kind of righted the wrongs that of the the Lon Chaney or no, no, Benicio del Toro's Wolfman and things like that. And every time they've tried to say, "Hey, we're going to come back and we're going to we're going to bring back horror to Universal," and then it ends up being a, a an action movie and like some some over the top like you know ninja moves and stuff. This was a uh, this was fun. I, I honestly it it got me probably. I mean, I've been, Ryan, you know this, I've been watching a couple of horror movies. Once October turns, you know, the calendar, I start like getting into the spirit and everything like that. This was probably the most fun Halloween type of thing I've seen yet. And that it was just, it was, it was just pure fun. I was really, the humor was well, it was Marvel humor and it was injected in just the right places to kind of break up things. But the fight sequences were there, but they worked well in the black and white. Um, I, I, I had a lot of fun. That's how I'm going to leave it. Yeah, yeah, I co-signed what you guys have said, and I, I'm feeling the same way. Like, it was not what I was expecting when I first <laughs> yeah, heard about definitely. the property, but from the trailer, I was like, I hope it delivers that, whatever that trailer, like, showed us. Yeah. And it did, and I, I thought it was just, like, this beautiful little piece. And as much as I have said, I appreciate the brevity and how quickly it moves and how short it is. I got to the end and I was like, I want more of this. Yes. I want to see these characters mm -hmm. again. I is want it? more of Jack and the man thing and more of Elsa. Uh, so I do hope we see those guys again. And this brings me to the last question that I had, which is where does Marvel take these characters in general, but also this idea in particular of their special presentations? Um, because we do know that they they have talked about doing more in the supernatural realm yeah. with horror. Mm -hmm. I know they want to do a Ghost Rider project. Eventually, they want to kind of get back and reclaim that. Um, they've been talking about doing Blade forever. I think Blade just lost its director, so that one is oh. sort of in this weird yeah. weird shape. So who knows when that's going to ever happen? But we will get these guys. I know that they're going to do it, uh, and I'm excited to see all of them sort of come together as long as it's it's meshed well. But I also had this idea, and it was right after I saw the trailer. If they do another Halloween special next year, I don't want it to be a sequel to this, and I don't want them to try and do the same thing. I want them to try and do another horror genre pastiche. And for some reason, I had in my mind, like... Like the 1980s, like cyber thrillers, like 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 all the knockoffs of the Terminator that came out, like in the mm. mid to late 80s. Um, Brainstorm, like brains, and, yeah, 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 all these things that were like yeah. like tried to emulate those like people like trapped in a mall with killer security guards and stuff like that. And I thought about like if they took like a, a weird obscure character like Deathlock, this cyber cyber mm. killer from the future and if they had something like that of just like a one-off thing like that but like done in like this 
cheap, cheesy grindhouse, like eighties type of style or something like that, uh, of like not of going completely against the type of horror genre that we've been talking about. Something just really kind of low, low rent and, and different, I think could be a lot of fun. Um, what about you guys? Like, would you want to see something like that? Or would you just want a, a pure, a straight up sequel to this? Should they do a special presentation for other holidays? Um, <laughs> Christmas, Valentine's special? What, what do you guys think? Of well, that? we Cindy? just decided Santa Claus was in this, so. Right, yeah. right, right. <laughs> well, what I would like to do is just have one of those characters be at the beginning points of the next movie, just to kind of set the tone to say that, hey, it is in this same universe and introduce another slate of characters. The next year, introduce another slate of characters. Have it be like maybe a four or five part thing till at the end, you have those core that people that survive those movies come back for the fifth and final one. Yeah, so. I, I would like to see the same characters double the length, two hours long, call it giant size man thing. <laughs> God damn, how did you beat me to that joke? I'm sorry. I (laughs) wanted to get to that joke before. That could be for Valentine's Day. Wow. Yeah. Oh, silly. Oh, boy. But no, but seriously. What? It's every girl's dream. But we can't talk about boobies hanging out. Yeah, right, right, right. You can talk about man things. There's a double standard. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But, you know, I just want to see on Disney Plus. Just go to Disney Plus, and then, you know, that's like, what's new on Disney Plus? Frozen sing along, giant size man thing. Well, Uh, the chick's name is Elsa. Yeah, she is named Elsa. Let it go, Elsa. Yeah. Uh, But but anyway, no. Wow. That works on so many levels. Yeah, I know. (laughs) What what would really be cool, Ryan, if if you had, I don't know. It definitely would work better for DC, but it would be awesome to have an Amicus style anthology special with like four stories, like with the host. That would be so awesome. And that way you could even maybe pull in some of the other Marvel characters encountering supernatural stuff. Like if you could get Paul Rudd to be Ant-Man and like, so, you know, or, 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 or somebody or Charlie Cox to be Daredevil or something in it. And they're fighting someone, one of the Marvel, uh, uh, monster characters or they're involved with them or team up with one of the monster fighting heroes that would be really cool i think that would be a- oh wow cindy i actually can't believe how much i agree with everything that you said i i really do think so that- proving that you're a smart man <laughs> yep. i'm not just a man thing um so but but i would kind of like to you know if in a perfect world, in my in my perfect world, Ryan, I think what I would like to see, like I would like this is this was so effective on so many levels, especially for somebody that didn't expect anything, and then just the timing of it, putting it out at the beginning of October, making it kind of a a horror ish kind of thing. Um, I could kind of see, like, I don't need to see the the werewolf by night again necessarily but i would kind of like to see now not a direct sequel but more of just elsa bloodstone story and i would like to see that maybe play out with other monsters and other adventures and things like that and almost on an annual halloweenish type basis like mm-hmm. that would be a really cool series anything supernatural monster horror classic villains or new things you know whatever i think that would be really cool to see where that goes they could definitely i mean that that could be her thing is just like the sort of annual monster hunting with elsa bloodstone but name each yeah. special after like the guest the guest monster like this one was where yeah. they could have the living mummy next year or main amphibian Ooh. some of the other like yeah. weird yeah monster yeah. characters that they've done yeah yeah um, oh, morbius. i do have one <laughs> morbius yeah yeah 
I do have one point that I just, this just keeps rolling around my head. Did everybody think, did you all notice when they were going around and she's like, and he was a wonderful lover and she's just going, Ugh. yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was a nice bit. Yeah. She's... It, it put me in mind of Frau Blucher. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! yeah. <laughs> it was my boyfriend. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. What knockers? Yeah. <laughs> no, we didn't see them. They were covered up by the leather jackets. Yeah, the, 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 yeah. Right. Sorry. James Gunn is supposed to be doing a Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas special, and I wonder if that'll be something like this special presentation, if it'll be something like this format or not. I have no idea. Um, uh, hey, it probably will, but I, I wonder if he's really going to just go double down and, like, try to do the Star Wars holiday special and, like, you know, shoot, like, Chris, <laughs> Chris, Pat and Chris Pratt and Zoe Saldano on videotape, you know, and just <laughs> – with bad special effects and be guests and everything. Else. I, I hope, I hope it's exactly that. Yeah. That's what I want. <laughs> hey Ryan, one more, one more random thought from my notes that I just remembered. I wanted to address um, the character, uh, the white uh, frilly, um, very interesting looking tall woman. Yeah. In that. Um, the woman who I, looks like a wax sculpture or something. Yeah. Like yeah. Crazy. Yeah. She, yeah, she does. Yeah. I, I thought there was maybe some facial prosthetic on her or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I looked her up also this afternoon and I found out a really interesting story about her. Apparently uh, she was, she survived cancer as a young child, which gave her very pronounced features and very distinct and interesting look. And because of that, she ended up having a really successful modeling career and she has been an actor in a ton of stuff and his, in his teaching acting in Florida. And she's had quite a remarkable career from somebody that had cancer as a child. So I thought that was really interesting. I just thought that that was something worth noting. Cool. Cool. Yeah. All righty, folks. Um, uh, I hope you enjoyed listening to us gush over Werewolf by Night. And even more than that, I hope that you went out and watched it and loved it as much as we did. Um, you can find me on Cheerscast. Uh, you can find Chris and Cindy at Supermates and JLUcast. Uh, Neil? Uh, you can find me anywhere. Neil Daily Rocks is my, uh, my tag on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all those. The only place you can't find me is at Rob and Courtney Kelly's wedding. <laughs> all right folks thanks again for this. thanks again for tuning into this episode of fw presents if you enjoyed our discussion please support the show on social media by liking and favoriting our posts on facebook and twitter you can leave a comment on the episode at fireandwaterpodcast.com you can always go to apple podcasts and leave a nice five-star review for fw presents or any other show on the fire and water network if you really like us consider sponsoring the Fire and Water Network on Patreon. For more information, head on over to patreon.com slash fwpodcasts. Thanks one more time, and have a happy Halloween. You know, when we first started this, first day of shooting, actually, I sat down with the cast, and we were sitting in a circle on the set, and I said, so what scared you as a kid? And everyone went around and said a particular movie or something that happened to them in their life. And it's those moments that we all remember as kids, you know, that that are just like seared into your brain, whether it was something that was a noise you heard under your bed or whether it was the first time you saw Poltergeist. 
That's what I want to do for some kid who's out there, is create that memory. So let's make that. And I've always loved monster movies, whether it was Godzilla, King Kong, Frankenstein, Wolfman, Mummy, all of those things. Like, I lived and breathed on those things. And every Saturday afternoon, if you wanted to know where I was, I was in front of the TV watching Creature Double Feature. To be able to then, all these years later, do a tribute to that love of monster movies, like, that's, that's why I did it.